Hey guys, welcome to episode 3 of the Passion Project Podcast. So today's guest is Amir Muhammad. Uh, Amir is a friend of mine, we grew up together. He's played Beyblades in the masjid, in the mosque. Um, so today we're going to be talking about his poetry. Amir himself is a, so I call him a poet. He's not a self-proclaimed poet, I wouldn't put it that way. Um, today he discusses as he reads some of his poetry, as well as we go into insecurity, have some laughs. Thankfully, it's a very we had a very good time. So I urge you guys all to watch it and enjoy it. Um, Ahmed is a good person in general, and I love speaking to him. So be sure to enjoy the episode, share, like, follow the social medias at in the description below, and we out. support non-bearded people just saying just we, saying but we, we, we push for beards in this podcast uh, i have had two bearded men on my last podcast so i'm the first you're the first non-bearded man <laughs> wow so i'm just coming uh made himself look all nice and dandy and uh, he's going to impress you guys inshallah so i'm what's up man uh honestly a lot what, what does he mean what's up a lot like there's just a lot going on like Senior stuff, like just normal student stuff. What do you mean? Okay, one second. The senior stuff is supposed to be in, entail not doing anything. What is the senior stuff that you do? Uh, senioritis is kind of hitting hard right now. Which is life. And it's like, honestly, I've had senioritis my junior year. So like, don't even ask. You relate to the party, man. I hit senioritis in 10th grade. What are you talking about? Wow. After uh, genuinely, though, <laughs> not kidding. Like, not kidding. Honestly, for me, it started like eighth grade because there's this thing called activity period. And it's basically like a free period in the morning. So I stopped doing my homework at home, and I did it in activity period because that's just easier. No, that that's called being smart. That's the difference. After I took AP Bio in eight, ninth grade, tenth grade, tenth grade, I took AP Bio. After I took that midterm, and I hated. I still hate bio. I take anatomy right now. I hate it. After I took. Bio and took anatomy. I was like, hell no. Senioritis. <laughs> nice. That's it. That's I mean, the, you did it to yourself, though. But that's the wave, though. That seniority <laughs> is the wave. Yeah. Seniority is the wave. <laughs> what else have you been doing for senior? Um, everything about colleges. I will say that I feel like I'm more social this year. Not that I wasn't social like in past years, mm -hmm. but I just feel like. I'm more outgoing this year, and I I don't know why. Is it just the, the it's right? just like the, the environment? I don't. Maybe it's because I'm not like shoving my face in books as much. I don't know. Hey, listen, man, you are irresistible, as they say. <laughs> Come on, man. You look again. Mashallah, Allahumma <laughs> barik. The viewers are, comment. Mashallah. Mash we don't we don't have hasad in this. We have Thank uh, you. comment. <laughs> Mashallah. Um, yeah. Have you feel free to drop a compliment or two, just if you want. He to. He, he doesn't mind. Uh, his number is also um we'll put, no. in the <laughs> we'll put his number in the description um what else? i don't we we're supposed to have um what's it called like senior dinner and stuff and senior stuff i haven't and graduation and we haven't planned it enough what are you guys yeah. doing? i don't know public school is different. so we have yeah public schools i think are much different but we have this thing called project graduation 
It's like, have you seen those videos where like um people like get hypnotized and that's like their senior thing? Oh, I saw this thing. Yeah, it's like that, but there's like more to it. It's not like the hypnotist thing is just like one aspect of it. There's like um we're going to a place. There's gonna be like games and stuff. That's Project Grad, and then we have our actual graduation, which is doesn't happen in school. Um, I think our school actually like um rents out like a ballroom or like a special area for that, and we have that. And then um before that we have our senior trip. And I don't know where we're going, but same. We yeah. I swear we've been planning for three weeks and we haven't even decided the place yet. Yeah. It's not like we had a place and then we're just fixing up. The, we haven't even had a would have been no place. <laughs> the thing is, if you're not on student council and you don't ask, you don't really know anything. Like there was a bunch of stuff that we were supposed to do, but it it just didn't happen. Like we were supposed to go snow t- snow tubing this year, but that that did not happen. But, um, it's I, right. I feel like our senior class is trying to do something like huge. That's the issue. Yeah. Like, we wouldn't be happy with snow for a senior trip. We're gonna be like, we want to go to the moon. That's our senior trip. That's the senior trip we decide. We want our senior trip wasn't gonna be snow tubing. That's just like an extra trip. Oh, it's even extra. Yeah. Ooh, you guys, uh, we get bonus trips. I've been on like four trips this year already, and there's like three more. I swear to God, I think I've been on one. I think that's why I'm more social. Because, like, I've just been going on trips a lot. That's all the senior year. Yeah. Just, like, brings you up. Also, uh, taking AP art was a good idea. Because I go on... Yeah, because I go on so much trips. Like, you don't even understand. I've been to, like, three museums already. Oh, my God. (laughs) See, uh, that's the class I had to suggest. AP art. I swear to God, man. (laughs) Um, You take AP Lit too, right? Yeah, I'm taking it this year too. See, that's the tough one for me. You know what it is? We uh, like we like had teacher shifts throughout the year. We had like the same teacher and then the teacher and then the same teacher again. And I know I'm confusing. This is Elliot Ahmed is, but like I went like we went back and forth with the teachers, right? And it's like we're finally starting to have a real AP class. And then there's a lot of essay writing. <laughs> yeah. No, the all right. So the thing I struggle with most in AP Lit, like I'm usually good with writing and English and things like that. Otherwise, I wouldn't take AP. But what I struggle with most is understanding what I'm actually reading. <laughs> like I can find like the like I can do good annotations and find the oxymorons or like whatever it is that I need to find in it, as long as I understand what I'm reading. But sometimes like I just don't understand what, what I'm reading. What books have you guys read? It flies right over my head. Um, we've read The Kite Runner and uh, King Lear and Wuthering Heights over the summer. And then um, we're doing a lot of reading. We read, um, I forget the name. We read Oedipus. We read Things Fall Apart. I read those, read that, read yeah. that. And right now we just finished Pride and Prejudice. Then we're going to read Frankenstein and 1984. And we also read uh, Death of a Salesman. You know when the last time I read a book was? <laughs> what? You know when the last time I read a book was? When? Sixth grade. Oh no, full confession, I have not read, like, I've, I have not read any of the books from this year from start to finish. Okay, well, question of the day, right? Yeah. Spark notes or Shmoop? Neither. Cliff Notes. What the heck? Have you read Shmoop? <laughs> have you tried Cliff Shmoop? Notes. Have you tried Lit Charts? I don't, no, Lit Charts is too much of a summary. You don't understand? <laughs> no, it's okay. Shmoop breaks down, breaks down every chapter in its parts, into bullet points. Well, true, true. Schmook man, that's how I got through all of high school. Yeah. We, we finished um, the catch and write. I should feel like that. Honestly, I feel like depending on the class, if you just sit down and just pay attention, you'll get the gist of everything you need. No, to I know. think that's in total. Yeah, that's why I was well, person. I think it's also a personal thing, but like I, I found high school easy. Yeah. This was the reason, like, 
I always understood in class and never really had to study at home. Yeah, exactly. I captured how I stayed. Yeah, that's especially me in like math. Like I never do math at home. Like it's just if I understand it in class, then I understand it. If I don't, then I make sure I do before I get home. Exactly. Um, but AP Lit, man. I'm actually I actually don't hate it because we the, the at least the last book we read, The Catcher in the Rye. I don't yeah. read it. Pretty good. Oh, I read that in um in my sophomore year. Holden, yeah. Holden, I feels for Holden. Yeah. F in chat. Holden F is like us. Yeah, we're <laughs> us right now. That's like exactly super like, depressed. Whoa. Like <laughs> I was like, I, I, what is hating it? life. What was it right in the nineteen seventies? I was like, this guy is now. He is. He is yeah. Nineteen. Like, Allah is here. He's here. Exactly. He's living that depressive place. It was. It was. Yeah. That's yeah. us. Like every other like day. That's the dude. We're gonna so inshallah the plan for today. We're gonna talk about mental health inshallah. And I really want to get into that because, yeah. but um, first we're gonna leave that off. We're gonna leave you guys on a cliffhanger. Right. <clears throat> so I'm gonna leave this. Uh, we're gonna talk about you are a I don't want to say self-proclaimed poet, poet, but I've read your poetry. You are a poet. Yes. We we'll use that term inshallah. A, yes. a writer, a um, a philanthropist of the paper. Yes. A philanthropist of the paper. Yes. So inshallah um. We'll go into that. Uh, so you started writing poetry when? Um, all right. So I started in my ninth grade, but my experience with writing actually goes way back because I remember that I really first started writing like small short stories in like fifth grade. Now these were like wacky stories. Like our teacher would give us like some assignment. It was just like for fun, but like I'd really get into it and like I'd just make up like a wacky story. It's like I don't know. Like you're nine, ten years old. You like they were just wacky stories. Like I remember one of my stories was um, riding down the stairs. Like there was like this group of kids and they were in the backyard, but they went inside the house and they were riding down the stairs on a wagon full of tomatoes. This is your imagination right now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and throwing it at people. That was literally my story in fifth grade, and I still remember. How much did you love tomatoes, man? Or how much was like, How much did you? Hate I hate tomatoes. tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> how much did you hate yeah. tomatoes for you to be throwing them at people? Exactly. I hate tomatoes. That was my phone. I don't get one second. Uh, also tangents. Why do you? Why do people not like tomatoes? All right. So I only like tomatoes when they're cooked, like in a pizza, or like if it's like cooked in like a I don't know chicken pot pie or something like that. But just the raw tomato, I can't do that. Fam, it's not that bad. No, it's horrible because then like the juices and the skin and everything and the seeds. I hated the seeds. This is like the worst first part. world problems. This is the what we define as first. Part. And then there's problem. like this weird part which is not liquidy, but it's gooey and it's like it's like in, it's disgusting like first world problems Ahmed. this is first world no. problems where we get to this not having tomatoes oh my god but apparently it runs in the family not on like not in my nuclear family but I know like there are a bunch of other people in my family that also hate tomatoes fair enough so <laughs> genetic genetic <laughs> genetics question mark um so you started writing in fifth grade and so I wanted to comment on that right um yeah. I was watching, I was at the doctors, right? And I was watching Pets. I don't, it was on the doctors, I was just watching Pets. Okay. The Life of Pets, I think it's called. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was a scene where the, the kid can't read the book. So they're just, no, no, sorry, the dogs can't read the book. So they're just describing it based on the pictures, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so important on a writing aspect. So I don't know how, what, see how this, you'll see how connected, right? Mm-hmm. That the ability to look at things and describe them or just use your imagination and write things down is, I think, essential to creativity as someone who's grown. Yes. And, all right, so a little bit about that. I think that 
in when in writing in general there's a huge visual aspect of it that people might not get not all writing is super visual but the like i have a a good friend of mine in school who writes poetry and his poetry is um like it's it's it has a lot of imagery in it and it's really good and it's something that i can't replicate like i've tried like i've dabbled in writing with a lot of imagery and it just it didn't have the same effect like he he's just really good but i think when it comes to the visual aspect of it it's important for the writer to know what they themselves are visualizing like to be able to describe it to themselves before describing it to other people you get yes, what i'm saying i agree cuz then cuz then you're also like by doing that you're also kind of making a list of what you want the readers to see like for example i could be writing about you right now and maybe i don't want people to notice your beard or your shirt your red shirt my, my beautiful red shirt <laughs> my beautiful maybe i want beard. people to notice how your hair kind of fringes off onto one side and that it's a little bit frayed say, say mashallah like, right? <laughs> right or maybe i want people to notice the way you're sitting or your boots or something like that like you got what i'm saying so yeah. it's like what do i see before what do i want my audience to see so it's not like so are you what you're saying is like you don't want to just mouth diarrhea onto a page exactly because everything you see is yeah it's, and especially like when when in books when you're describing characters now i've never really written a book or described a character but i've read a lot about it and when you're describing characters you don't want to be like oh he was wearing a red shirt and he has blue eyes and blonde hair and a really nice long beard and like a bunch of stuff cuz then it becomes like oh you're just listing how this character looks there's no emotional investment in that character and when you're trying to if if for example this is the protagonist of your story and you're trying to get the audience on this character's side you don't want to just make the character feel like it's just a list of how this character looks intentional literary bias exactly it's like it's like exactly. you want to show the way so you're going to describe him in a way that suits the, your interest of writing exactly just bias yeah which, also, which also will bother me you want to describe the way they look in like um in like there's a certain way i don't know how to describe it but there's a certain way you don't want to make it look like a lot like a cliche things like oh as i was dressing in the mirror and i noticed my blue eyes like that's very cliche like writers use that it's hard to describe a character in an in a like in a new innovative way but you want to incorporate it kind of smoothly so that people um kind of so that it goes with the flow of the story so maybe if you're talking about someone's beard maybe you want to say like how they're eating food and food gets stuck in their beard and now the audience knows that they have a beard i swear to god you don't know any comments i know about that <laughs> you have to say it was it you someone it was me it was it was you <laughs> we, we we went out already to eat and i didn't know that who gets stuck in my beard i didn't know <laughs> so he's like him and and bilal a friend of ours he goes like oh you got you have beard you're fooling your beard man and i, and I worked it off and then five minutes later more food got my beard yeah. i'm like how how exactly so but, so but like you see the way you incorporate that you don't go straight out and be like um oh this character has a beard maybe you're describing how this character eats in a very disgusting way right and like oh there's like a bunch of food dripping down their beard right so it, like it goes the description of the character has to reveal the character not just be like oh he's wearing a red shirt has blonde hair has blue eyes has this has dark 
eyes, who, whatever, you know. So it's more like show, not tell. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, English teachers love But you don't want to show too much either. So explain. All right, so... Um, all right, so if you're... If you're describing a scenery, for example, right, you don't want to show every aspect of the scene. Like, if my characters are sitting down and I've already established that, I don't have to say how there are chairs and that they are blue and that there's and that they're white or they have an ICUC on the back. I don't have to go into too much detail. I don't need to show that. So when what you do want to show is the parts that are integral to the story. Makes sense. Yeah. Again, like it's your piece you want to that's what you, the whole point of a book or a story or a poem in general is just to get to the point of the, the, the theme exactly so if, if it, everything is just on its way to the theme so um, if you're if you're describing if you're describing you want it to lead towards that theme you don't want it just to be mapped the area or right yeah pretty much yeah. exactly like you don't want to barf everything on the paper yeah you want to like um incorporate it in a more elegant way okay mm-hmm. so now we just said fifth grade uh, tomato imagination. Yes. Now, where does how 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 does Amir keep going? All right. So, for a long time, I like I just read books. Like I loved reading books. I've read The Maze Runner. I've read The Mind's Eye. I've read like a bunch of science fiction books. I swear to God, my English teacher saw the sheet and was like, "Hey, oh, yeah, look, your friends, <laughs> <laughs> your friends are reading." <laughs> but I stopped reading actually, which is something that I want to get off. back into. Same. Yeah, I stopped reading because. I started watching TV shows. Same. Yeah. And um, like the types of books that I was reading, I started watching the same like genre of TV shows. So I just started doing that instead of like actually reading. But I liked that the way I feel like film literature is like an entirely different thing on its own. Like I don't know too much about it because a lot of it is more visual than like just the words on paper. But um, I've really just been engrossed in that. And I've kind of taken bits and pieces from the way that characters are introduced without words and maybe how you can reverse engineer that to actually give the appearance or give the description words. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So, but I've stopped reading, but... You've gone into like... I, 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 so someone, I'll tell you what someone described this to me as, right? Someone told it to me like this. He said... Video games, movies, and books are three art forms of literature. Yeah. He said that books give you the... They don't give you anything visual, and they don't give you anything interactive, but they give you something to imagine. Exactly. Right? But movies give you something visual, but they don't give you anything interactive. And you have to... You, you're limited by what's visual. Yeah. And video games give you all three. They give you interactive, they give you imagination to an extent, on a yeah. story-based level, and um, they give you... The visual aspect. Yeah. So I can see how that movie interest is, uh, can also build that literary aspect of it. Exactly. So for a while, I stopped kind of writing. I don't know. I went through like kind of a rough time, but for a while, I stopped like writing or just I was just watching movies, not really doing anything. And then comes ninth grade, right? I have to give huge props to my teacher, Mr. Belletto, because he actually like got me back into it. And he, I don't think he knows this, but it was actually like super simple. His, we were studying the Renaissance period, and the assignment was simply just to write a poem about the Renaissance, and then analyze your poem and like just kind of answer why you chose to write that poem and things like that. But 
at first I was taking it lightly, like, oh, another assignment, another essay, like, what the hell, right? And then um, I actually started really getting into it, and I found that when I started writing, like, it's gonna sound weird, but, like, just everything around me stopped. I only cared about, like, what words I was writing. Like, I literally was sitting with a paper in front of me and just, like, just looking up words on my laptop right next to me just to, like, kind of found everything, put it in place the right way. And I liked the organizational aspects of writing poetry and how to structure it and just like I really liked it and from there I kept going and then um, I started I wrote my second poem that was just purely me not an assignment or anything of that sort and it was just me and then um, the next year I started I joined my um, school's jargon club which is the poetry club and from there, I just kept on going. I love the word jargon. I freaking love the word jargon. <laughs> it's the fancy word of saying words. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then why, so like, okay, I understand it's from a, your teacher showed you it, and there's an, there's an expressive point of view from it, right? Yeah. But what is it specifically about poetry that sets it up, for you at least, sets it apart from different types of writing? All right. So I like how it's short and concise. Right. I feel like a lot of times, like when you're reading a book, and reading a book is something great. And one day I hope to write a book, but it's it takes it's a much much longer journey, reading a book and going through it and analyzing every detail of it. Right. And there's really like I don't think people realize this, but there's a lot that goes into like writing the book. Like authors revise one single chapter many times. Before, takes like ten years. Yeah. Before like saying that it's okay or close to okay and even then it's not like as perfect and even in my poetry like i don't think any of my poems are perfect i kind of get to the point where like this is okay enough because otherwise i'm just gonna keep writing and writing and writing and it's never gonna get finished but um i liked how kind of short and concise i can go with poetry but i also liked how long i can write the poetry which is Hit me with an oxymoron. Go yeah, ahead. It's Hit weird. <laughs> Hit me with the oxymoron. Long shortness. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I liked that I could be like as as figurative in my language as possible in my poems and make it drag out for as long as I want to before getting to my point. But I also liked how it could be like it's like little short, bite-sized pieces of an overarching theme or a message or a point that you're trying to get across. Facts, and I, I I know it's a it's a very superficial response, but everything you said was true. Yeah. Um, poetry has a nuance, and I, my I'm not I like poetry to listen to. I don't necessarily write it. I find some good lines I use with in my mind, but I don't really write. Right. A camera is into it. Yeah. And and I appreciate those who like poetry have a sense of a there's a, there's a, an art to the poetry itself. Yeah. There's a nuance to it. There's yeah a specialty to the way you write, and I appreciate that. So I guess we'll move into the poems themselves. So Amir, special, 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 special. Uh, Amir is going to be reading some poetry for us. I have agreed with him. Um, yep. he's, he may or may not be doing this against his will, but who knows? There may or may not be. Um, There's secretly a guy out there holding a gun. So yeah, he, uh, Forcing him is kind of the job. Uh, All right. So I guess I'll start with the very first poem that I wrote. Ever? That wasn't an assignment. This is like my first poem. Okay, let's, let's get into that. Let's so, off. first off, disclaimer, it's horrible. 
Because I didn't even oh know what I was writing. Oh my god. Like, not like, so, just, just read it for the people, man. The language is weird. All right. I'm just, just read it for the it people. All right. <laughs> All right. So I call it Monster by me. All right. There's a monster in this world. It lives in the water, on land, in the air, and out there. It dwells on fear, anger, and darkness. When we are put to the test, it questions everything. It is fear in of itself. It has turned to hatred and rejection. We are much too blind to answer and ask the right question. We are much too blind to see the truth. Never ask what if, by any chance. No, there's just no way. This monster is the cause of destruction, pain, and suffering. But still, to no avail, we fail to see reality. This monster is the cause of this, co this monster is the cause of war, hatred, fear, and death. But we have strayed far from the yellow brick road, and we have now taken our last breath. This monster is the cause of corruption and endangerment, and it is the cause of our own fall. But no, no, it cannot be. This monster lives within us all. I was gonna say it was Donald Trump for a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so what is this monster? Fear, or is it? This monster is us. us. So, so explain. All right. So, um, basically, I wanted to. My message here is that this, as humans, we're all capable of good and bad, but we're more capable of bad than good, and we don't really realize that. Like most of the times, we do more bad than good, and like society. Is. This is like a general statement. I'm not saying like this applies to everyone. Or like everyone's like that but just generally speaking i feel like in the world there's a lot more bad than there is good and um i just like kind of wanted to write about that and kind of like we because sometimes we don't realize that we're actually contributing to the source of the evil i guess but um i just wanted to like touch upon that and say that you know we have to be more conscious of the way we're acting the things we're doing because we're all capable of bad I hope the mic can catch this. So, so we're gonna be snapping for his poetry. No, no, and if that's bad, if that's bad, we're in for a treat today. Okay, that okay, that was good. I, I'm not even it's, kidding. It's not the best. No, that was it's good. Not the best. It not is really. good. We're gonna keep going. All right. Inshallah. Um. So I'm gonna skip around here. Actually, no. I kind of like this one. So this was the second one. And we're gonna go into the backstory of some of these soon. But yeah. Let's read All right. So this was the second one. So now, every poet out there no matter what, has to write about love. Somewhere, somehow, they have to write about love. You can't be a poet and not write about love. Are we, are we getting you married? No. <laughs> you sure? It's only one phone call away, man. It's only one phone call away. All right, so um, this one, okay, this is going to be surprising, but I call it the agony of life. <clears throat> there was a man in pain every day of his life. On Sunday, he was stabbed in the heart countless times with a knife. On Monday, he felt the sting of a thousand bees. And on Tuesday, he was drowned in the seven seas. On Wednesday, he was lost and beat himself to death. On Thursday, the world bit, torn, and clawed at his flesh. On Friday, he was locked up to starve. One Saturday, he had finally had enough. Don't you see? This man was in love. He had finally confronted the woman he adored, and all the pain has stopped. Love is pain, and pain is love. This is the agony of life. Okay, one second. It takes me a bit to process. Okay, so just give, give me my, my brain the the, the the break. Okay. So but, so, how is here's my there's an oxymoron there that's that's eating at me right or I guess an oxymoron. So um, if 
she takes if the person in loves whatever takes the pain away right but then how is it that pain is love and love is pain because here's the deal see you can't really like describe love right but sometimes sometimes you love someone but they don't love you back right and like that really hurts or sometimes you love someone but you don't know how to confront them and that like eats up at you right like you don't know how to react you don't know what to do you see this person you might see this person every day you might be with them every day but you don't it's unconfessional like you don't know what to do but at the same time so therefore your love is the source of your pain and if it's the source of your pain then pain is also your love Bro, you're freaking good, bro. What the heck? Uh, I so I'm gonna read from you before, and I well, I knew he was good, but then when I, he's coming up with like straight bars, bro, <laughs> straight bars. Look, first of all, inshallah. Thank you. Thank you. Second of all, I appreciate that there was no what was the shyness to it, but like that, that this was something that was cool to talk about. Yeah. Love is pain, and pain is love. Yeah. Let's just get your wife some. Self, self the pain <laughs> to take the pain away. Uh, to, to take the pain away. What was the line? Uh, when I see pain and pain no, no. Well. When I see her, it's like as if self, I don't feel pain or something like that. Something like that. Where? Let me see. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm still. I don't know if you can read my handwriting. Good luck. Uh, I can read everything. You see, this man was in love. He was finally. He had he, finally he, confronted he, the woman. Yes, he yeah. had finally covered, and all the pain has stopped. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get your wife so the pain can stop. <laughs> But um yeah. So uh Dude, the the viewers are gonna love this bro. <laughs> Thumbs up. Hopefully. Subscribe. Find him a wife. Whatever you need to do. He deserves that appreciation, guys. This is so good. Appreciate to share as well. Keep going. Alright. Um so I'm gonna like skip around here. Do as many as you feel comfortable and right. find as many uh, as little as much, whatever you want to do, right. man. So, so I think so I'm gonna go with this one. So this is so like basically the first couple poems that I wrote was just me like trying to find my style and I think here is like where I actually found my style where like I'm really like I, I don't know what it's called I guess you can say like abstract but um this is like where I really kind of like in this poem I really liked dragging things out and even though it's not by much like it's not like I don't want to say anything that this poem isn't but um like it's not lit the viewers decide stop right. self-deprecating <laughs> your poems they are good i am sitting here smiling all right. <laughs> all right so this one i got published in my um school's literary magazine thank you thank you all right <clears throat> it's called dot a small dot on a large white wall on the side of your house everyone walks past it and it still remains unnoticed this dot is insignificant Yet it was there when you took your first step. It was there when you learned to write your name. It was there when you fell and hurt your knee. It was there when you got your first trophy and it was there when you lost a game for the first time. It was there when you cried, when you were happy, when you were angry, and even when you yelled at your parents and slammed the door to your room. It saw you grow inch by inch. It saw you mature over time. An insignificant dot on a large white wall. Everyone walks past it and it still remains unnoticed. However, this dot has been there all your life. This dot has all the memories you have, even the ones you don't remember. This dot is the most significant dot of your entire life. Okay, I'm going to ask because I, I, I sat up for like, while you were reading. I, I paid attention, don't get me wrong. 
And I was trying to figure out the whole time what the dot was. So explain to me what this dot is because it's killing me. <laughs> the dot is literally a dot on a wall. Like it is what it is. <laughs> and then you said abstract poetry, and I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here. No, like, like this is where like um, I'm sitting here. It's a camera. <laughs> it's a whiteboard. It's no, a light I switch. Feel like the abstraction, at least for me, this was like the abstraction and thought is that you look at a wall and you don't really think what's on it, but like no, I, I guess I, that's where no, no, I get the meaning. Yeah. The meaning still makes sense, and it's still good. Yeah. And also, if someone you know English people. Like like English majors, English literature people, then they can always derive something from nothing. Yeah. So, it, that's it, it, so someone else would have read, read that and be like, "Oh, that means that wall." Exactly. <laughs> so it's it, it's good. I give you props. Exactly. And the inspiration for this poem was a dot on a wall. Like I was literally sitting in my room on my phone. The phone accidentally dropped on my face, and I was like, "Oh, what the hell?" And then I looked up, and there was like a dot on the side right there next to my bed, and I was like, "Yeah, okay." Ahmed, so when I invited you, I didn't expect you to be this good man. <laughs> but, uh, like, wow. <laughs> so you could just sit there. It's like, you know what? <laughs> it's a thought, man. That like, is this one hell of a thought. Like, I was literally like looking around thinking like, no one saw the phone drop on my face, right? I'm down <laughs> there. Like, nope, I did. So, yeah. <laughs> Bro, I'm actually like, I know I'm like hyping it up too much, but like, wow. Okay. So yeah. Is that is that, are those the three we're reading today? Um, I can read more if you want. I told it's up to you. It's totally We can right, go into uh, the backstories, whatever you want, man. Right, let's I, see, this let's is see the platform is yours. Find one. Well, yeah, how about this? We'll do two more, and then we'll make a nice five. All right. That fair? Yeah, that's fair enough. All right. Um. All right. I think I'm gonna do this one. It's it's very long. It's very, very we have cool. ears to listen. Actually, no. I like. Um, where is it? Where is it? I have a really, really good one. Oh my god! Take your time. Like, if anything, like if anything, this is the one that I actually think has come to perfect. Besides the one that I'm taking to Teen Arts. So, oh, I'm going to Teen Arts, by the way. What? What the heck is Teen Arts? What? No, stop for a second before you find it. What the heck is Teen Arts? All right. So Teen Arts is this. I don't. I don't know if like private schools do this, but I know public schools do. Um, it's like this competition, it happens in UCC, it's basically where teenagers, high school teenagers, go and they submit their art. Teen arts. Man, everything is so self-explanatory. <laughs> um, but like, um, the basis of it is that like your work is getting critiqued, so there, yeah. there's different aspects, like there's um, ceramics, there's painting, there's sketching. So is it a competition, like, like you know, Miss, is it a competition? Mm, Thing is, I've never been to Teen Arts before. This would be my first year going, but I'd like to think that it I'm is. I'm still upset that you didn't come to Miss this year, man. You could have shined. You could have shined. I could have shined. Like, yeah. So there's also like photography, and this is the first year we're going for poetry. You are. So I'm going for poetry and photography. Poetry, photography, <laughs> uh, looking good. What, what? What? What's the jack of all trades? What the heck is this, man? And I'm coming in here like. I got a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I, I got a nice You have one. nothing to share. I, I got a nice webcam over there. <laughs> I, no, I, we'll, we'll get you a new camera one day. One sh- day. Inshallah. 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 Alright, so um alright, so I have this one. Again, this is the one I just said that about the last one. But this was the one where I found my style. <laughs> <laughs> and the next one is that we like. This is the one I found my style. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, so 
right, and this one, it's, um, this is like the twist on mine. All right, this is like where I found like my sense of twist. Leap. All right, it'll make sense. All right. He was and still is a good man. He was and still is a good man. Sure, it might not seem like it on the surface. He did horrible things, but don't be fooled. Wherever he went, he only brought happiness. He once killed a man begging for mercy. However, he showed none, and even when the man started to cry, he felt no pity for him whatsoever. And soon the man begged no more. However, he was and still is a good man. He once laughed when the mother of a boy started to cry. He looked her right in the eye and burst out laughing as the tears continued to flow, although he was and still is a good man. He once stole money from a king. He knew that the entire kingdom depended on that money. The young, the hungry, the sick, and the old. However, he did nothing but walk out of the palace with bags full of gold. He once burned down an entire garden, stole the heart of a woman, walked out of prison without a pardon, and when asked to donate to, to a charity, he wouldn't. But even after all of this, he was and still is a good man. The man he killed was on death row. He was a serial killer, begging not to be let go. But his tears were nothing compared to the ones that lost somebody they loved. The trigger was pulled and all was resolved. The tears of the woman were tears of joy. The woman who cried was told her son wouldn't die. The man told her the news firsthand. Yes, some stories do have a happy end. The kingdom was saved, all the gold was returned. See, the king was a tyrant, and the man became a hero, a title he so rightly deserved. The tears of the crowd is something he earned. The garden was poisonous, the woman was his wife, the prison was his job, and the charity, he joined it for the rest of his retired life. And when the man finally closed his eyes, he was certain he never told lies. All he did was save lives. He smiled and slept peacefully while his afterlife began. He was, and still is, a good man. There's so much political, like, aspects to that, to it, like... Explain. Like, 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 like let me explain, right? So, I, I don't, I don't want to get, I'll get political, but, like, because the last one was right. political, but, like, I don't want to get too political, right? But, like, there's this idea of, like, I don't, even on the theological level, like, to what extent is, the, are things justified? And what, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, that was one thing I brought out of it, right? Like, okay, this guy killed, I guess, he killed the king, and... He stole money from the king. Then who was the guy he killed in the winning? The guy he killed was a serial killer. Uh, so, so see, on death row. Yeah, so just get some people deserved it, and some people. Don't, but then, yeah. how much is vigilantism and Batman? Yeah. You know, Batman. I is, feel you. Is, <laughs> yeah. is Batman justified? Is Batman not justified? Exactly, yeah. You know, is Donald Trump killing innocent people overseas? Trump justified? Not justified? Alhamdulillah. Who knows? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's one thing I derive from it. But again, you hit like I love how your rhyme scheme. Shifted. Yes, this is where I found like my rhyme scheme. Because where, like, the... like in this poem, I feel like I started to rhyme a bit more often, or like I don't know, like I started rhyming in this poem and like purposefully rhyming, not just like, ooh, this word rhymes with this word, might as well throw it in there. Cat so... bat sat in a <laughs> weird exactly. Fat that's that's lap. my critique in like the first poem, where like I was just like finding words that were rhyming and I was just throwing them in there just for the sake of rhyming but here I felt like it was more purposeful at least when I wrote it I felt like I had more of a purpose now, even on a tone level right because yeah. we're, we're, we're taking poetry in class right now and one of the things that is like rhyme scheme affects the tone and the the, 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 the flow of the poem yeah. so you sh- even in the same poem in the beginning you, 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 you chose repetition right yeah. you chose to repeat uh, what was the line about good man he was and still is a good man and he was and still is a good man and then you shifted to the end of the poem it's just become an actual 
physical rhyme. Yeah. Whereas now it's A B whatever A C A B A B whatever the rhyme is game. I didn't catch it. Sorry. Um, but even that that flow, it shows the inner ones, which you're doing very well. Yeah. Which is again and I can see that that flow and that shift in the rhyme scheme also affects the story itself yeah so thank you thank you thank you uh, you are putting Please on a show for us more. today <laughs> you are show, putting on a show mashallah <laughs> alright um, I don't know I have a lot of really good ones this is your last one for today we, we have to leave the viewers wanting more you know what I mean yeah. I have to be mean, guys. We'll, we'll, we'll try to get, we'll maybe get Amran again. He'll read more poetry. Or we even have an exclusive video of just him reading poetry. Let me know. Who knows? That might be a little hint that something we're trying to do, maybe. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Allah, Allah. We might know. Right. Um, can I do two more if they're short? Yeah, sure. Right. Do it as you please, right. man. All right, these, these two are pretty short. Because I think they like provide like, good context for like why I like to write. All right, so this one is weird all right all right this one's a bit weird because i actually co-wrote this one with my brother your brother so, writes yeah so it was <laughs> nice Runs so in the it, was like, it was a bit hard because our styles are much much different so they like they contrast they clash very very harshly mm -hmm. and then at the end it just kind of turned into my style it's like so you're, you're the, you wear like, the pants in the family? I think so you, you wear the pants. <laughs> I think as you're reading it, you'll notice like what's not me and what is actually me. Mm -hmm. All right. So it's called Penny for My Poem. Hear me, hear me, my hat's out, a penny for my poem. Writing despite talent isn't as easy. Putting thoughts on paper is scary. It's a feat that can drive you crazy. If only the words were like magic and fall right into place. But sadly enough, that just isn't the case. Every word has a seat reserved with its name. Putting one before the other just wouldn't be the same. Reading it in my head just isn't the way it sounds. My thoughts aren't always as graceful as clouds. And then... <coughs> hear me, hear me, my hat's out, a penny for my poem. Finding the right thing to say, the perfect sentence structure for the message you want to convey isn't the only worry in a world built around reputation and glory. Struggling to find a message... Hold on. Struggling to find a message to send, to say something that has never been said. Striving to leave readers awake in bed, enlightened by the words conceived in my head. Finding something that will please the reader's eye, falling down the rabbit hole of my mind. Thinking of every possible combination of just the right words in the right order, all for your own pleasure, but no more. Hear me, hear me, my hat's out, but I no longer need your penny. For thine approval I no longer seek. All the restless nights and the early mornings will now be of my choice. Putting words on paper simply gives me joy. I no longer care for your claps and cheers. After all, I don't write for my audience. My audience is here for me. So I have a question, right? Because I'm listening to all these poems, right? Do you necessarily write about instances that you're going through? Because that's, that's the, the norm, right? Or do you just write about things that just come to your mind, if that makes sense? I feel like it's a little bit of both. I feel like the things, it depends how passionate you are about what you're writing. Me personally. Passion project. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So me personally, I don't like to write about things that I'm not like passionate about. Like I'll be like kind of in the club and like my teachers or my friends will suggest something and I'll kind of think about it. But then if I'm not, if I don't like it, then I won't write about it. But I guess that's a problem of mine because a lot of times, and I've actually tried this where I've actually tried like 
getting passionate about something that they've given me and I find that it actually gets me out of my comfort zone and like it expands I don't want to say my area of expertise but like it expands the type of work that I do I guess but um yeah but I feel like the poems that have a strong personal connection to me I feel like I'm more like I I hold those closer to my heart than others so like for example, right? Looking at looking at the four that you read so far, right? I think four, uh, no five. This is the fifth yeah. and the sixth, right? Number two, the love mm-hmm. one seemed unpersonal. One, the first one seemed personal. This one seemed personal. Mm-hmm. But then the monster one we just read, not the monster one, the one about is a man good. Yeah. That one didn't seem as personal, and then that one yeah. didn't seem as well. That one is just like you just what was in front of you. Yeah. But um, so what? Well, I guess if if the, if that one is an exception, they're saying the um. Is a good man always good? Where does that one come from then? So a lot of it does come from my imagination. Like they're like, so I've written poems about just like a, a dot on a wall. Like what the hell? Like a dot on a wall. Like what are you thinking? And I've, then I've written a poem about, honestly, a lot of my poems, recently at least, a lot of my poems have been coming from just one phrase or a couple words that I want to include. And I structure a poem around that. Like, um, in the last poem, the one that I'm taking to teen arts, literally the one phrase that I wanted to include in there was an endless dance, but it ended up becoming a very, very personal poem, right? But then for the one where I just talk about the man, really, I just wanted to say he was and still is a good man. And it just ended up becoming a commentary on judging other people. So it's like, it depends. I guess there's no. It's not. What, no, it's, it's not a rule. It's not a rule. Yeah, it, it's not like a black and white answer. It's um, it's just like it depends on how you're feeling. Like, you know, like this poem. That's all about. What about this one? Yeah, this uh, poem. It was me and my brother have written poems before together. We wrote one about like our brother, like our um, our brotherly love for each other. <laughs> cute. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and um. I guess for this one, we just kind of like, we were both in a writer's block and we just kind of wanted to, we were both trying to write something for, I guess you would say like other people because we're like, we're in clubs, like we present these poems. And I guess a lot of times when you're writing, you're thinking a lot about your audience, but you're not really thinking about like, like, especially if you love writing, you're not, a lot of times you get lost in in the message that you're trying to send to your audience instead of just like writing for yourself Mm -hmm. so for this one we were just like why don't we just like write for ourselves like let's be honest like if other people don't want to hear our poetry then they won't hear it i believe that like like, that's why like the last line was all his it's um i don't write for my audience my audience is here for me that was all him and i i really liked it and we incorporated it at the end and it's literally like it's the truth like in the words that really spoke to us where like i'm not gonna write for my audience i'm just gonna write and if the people who hear my poetry like it then they'll come back for more that's really especially that one i I love the message behind and i uh, and i love that it's like do something you write for yourself yeah Yeah. i i I love that you write for yourself yeah it's not like for well like i guess this podcast it's maybe the only thing I do for myself, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. uh, maybe maybe I'll, I'll think back at home. Maybe I'm lying to myself for it. But there's, there's very little I can point that I do for myself on a hobby level and a personal level, right? I think you do this for yourself, and I, and I think you should stick to it. I think it's great. Yeah. I think you do. Like, there are literally, like, some poems that I've written that nobody's ever heard. It's just, like, for me. Well, I'm going to 
open your notebook later. <laughs> I also appreciate that you keep the notebook around with you. Yeah. You, you take it around with you everywhere. Just... Yeah, most of the time. Um, on days that I don't have it, because sometimes I forget it in like my bag or like at home or something, I write some notes down on my phone if I'm like walking around and I think of something. But uh, most days I do have it with me. Man, that's I need to do that right because like I will have like from it me like I I I don't know if I want, I'm not gonna say this like it, it, for a speech just call them speeches if I do a speech or something yeah I, I think of a good thing to say or even on a writing perspective something I want to incorporate I'm really good at like my teachers at this as well intros into essays that I'm really not poetic with them but little poetic with them um with my intros and if I can think of a line and I don't have a notebook they always get lost. Same. That actually happened to me multiple times where this is why I started carrying it around. Like before, I just kind of had it just to have it. So just like a place where I can write my poems. But um, I'd like think of like something really, really cool or like something really profound. Or I'd have a really great idea. And I'd be like, I'll keep that one for later. And then when it comes time to like actually write it, it's just like, what did I say? What was I thinking of? It was the quote of the century, but I lost yeah, it. Exactly, that's exactly it. My brain was entrusted with yeah, it. And like... then you start thinking about the things that you were thinking leading up to the moment where you thought of that like, really good thing to try to jog your memory, but it never works. Did you just hear how what you said? <laughs> <laughs> Did you just hear what you just said? You were thinking about the thing that you were thinking and thinking. I was like, what the heck? I'm exactly. supposed to follow that. I know the host, but I can only follow so much on it. Please repeat. <laughs> Alright, so, like, I'd read, like, I'd think of something really nice, and I'd be like, alright, I'm saving it for later, and then I'd come down to write it down, and I'd forget it, and then I'd start going back in, like, my thoughts, like, it's kind of like going through, like, old files on your laptop or something, I'd go back through my thoughts and be like, so what happened leading up to the key moment? Retracing your steps. Yeah, exactly, and it never works, because then you're like, oh, was I thinking of waffles or pancakes, and it's like, what? Question of the day, waffles or pancakes? Waffle ice cream sandwiches. They are so good. I really what want What the heck are waffle ice cream sandwiches? <laughs> it's like it's like two waffles, but there's like an alright, so it's like it's literally what it is. It's it's a waffle ice cream sandwich. So you just put two waffles like like you put a waffle like like soft waffles or like crunchy waffles. Waffle. The thing is you could have both if you want. But isn't that pretty much what a waffle cone is? No, that's different. Because like a waffle cone is just a cone. That has the waffle pattern on no, it. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's pretty much waffle battered. No, it is not. I've seen it. I'm pretty sure that... The... But it's like, it's super hard. Okay. Like, this is like soft. Like, this is like the waffles you'd have for breakfast. Well, thank you. And I'm going to be craving it for the next two weeks. It's like you get ice cream. I've been craving it for like the past three weeks. And I know a really good place. And I just haven't gotten the chance to do it. Places sell this stuff? Yes. Oh, I thought you just made this at home. No. <laughs> what? Where? Um, there's this arcade we went to a while back. Uh, it's called Eight on the Break. I don't, I don't know if you were there. No, I don't think I was. Yeah, it's called Eight on the Break. We went to it for my birthday, and um, there was uh, there was waffle ice cream sandwiches there. Well, way to take shots that I didn't come to your birthday. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that was shots. Um, now, like, my, so my dad makes us waffles a lot during the weekends. So now when I go next up, oh, can you make me a waffle? And then, and then just just slowly <laughs> take out the ice cream from the fridge. Um, there's just something I need from the fridge bubble. I'm just going to maybe kind of put it in between. I hope that's not blasphemy. I hope that's not like, I hope that you're not offended, Baba, but like... This I'm, is, I'm about to make a waffles like 10 times. This is called being progressive, Baba. This exactly. is the progressive. We it's need to be... Innovation co- at its finest. We need to be progressive in this country. We're in America. Progressiveness. Exactly. So waffles. <laughs> exactly. Waffle ice cream sandwiches. You have to try one. 
I will try one shot. Have to try one. I'll go with you. Take me. For my next breath. Take me with you. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Make me feel like a bad friend on the podcast. Make me feel like a bad friend on the podcast. All right. Last poem? Um, oh, was that the yeah, last one? I think we're good enough. All right. We're done? Yeah, we're done. Uh, no, we're not I, done with the podcast. Don't worry. We're going to keep Amir talking. I don't know. I guess we can like do this one more. What? You're going to do what? Yeah. I oh, we're going to talk more. Don't worry. Last no, one. No. Yeah, last one. No, no. Oh, you, you're going to read one more? Yeah, last one. Okay, my confusion. I guess. No, go ahead. I don't know why. Usually, I'm like really insecure about reading my poetry, but like when I get in the flow of it. Next next topic is we're gonna talk about insecurity, inshallah. Yeah, so hurry up. Like no, no, don't hurry up. Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I, I, I that's not there. <laughs> Take your time. Yeah. No, but like when I get into the flow of like sharing my poems, I really enjoy it. So, right, inshallah, um, no problem. All right. Oh, how the years pass. That's the title. The years pass by in the blink of an eye. Today is the beginning of a new year, but tomorrow will be the end. It feels like it was only yesterday when I was in the midst of my innocent youth, when I was still climbing trees, chasing butterflies, and enjoying the warm summer breeze. Oh, how the years pass so, so fast. They never seem to last like grains of sand will pass through your hand. But alas, what begins must also end. And as you reflect on the actions you chose, so do the years come to a close. I know you're not done, but I, 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 there's something I realized. This is good. The future is never guaranteed. <coughs> you good? Yeah, thank you. The future is never guaranteed. You cannot expect to live from morning till evening or from the evening till the next morning. But you can live every moment of the present like it's the last you'll ever see. Accomplish everything you've ever dreamed. The sky is not the limit anymore. We have men on the moon and Mars will be soon. Exceed your own expectations. Break the boundaries of your limitations because if you don't, you'll be out of time. And failing yourself is the worst crime. Oh, how the years pass so, so fast. They never seem to last. But alas, what begins must also end. And so on the show goes until the years come to a close. That gets loud snaps. So <laughs> keep it off. I want, right. can, can I see it? Yeah. So again, you do this rhyme scheme so well. Thanks. It's like, like again, it speeds up and slow. What I love about it is speeding up and slowing down. You're using the rhyme scheme to speed up and slow down. Yeah. So, so, so fast. So, like, in a lot, like, I like to use it for the pacing of my poems, but I also don't like to. I guess I'm, I'm still kind of mad about my first poem, but I don't like it when there are things in there and when there are rhymes in there just for the sake of rhyme. No, but if there's rhymes for the sake of tone it, tone yeah. and, and, and meaning of like speed, it's... <laughs> I swear, we're reading poems in class and some of them are not as good as this. <laughs> what the heck is Chimney Sweeper? Right, chimney sweeper. <laughs> what the heck is chimney sweeper? I know it's talking. It's a political. It's political. Have you um? Have you read the? There's a poem called Blackbird. No. All right. Well, one of the lines in that poem is literally a man and a woman are one. A man and a woman and a blackbird are one. And the entire poem makes no sense. And like another line near the end was like it was evening all afternoon. <laughs> like that makes no sense. So I don't know if you watched last episode, right? But my teacher yeah. goes like, um, sometimes people try to be deep with for the hell of being deep and it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Like he, this is what he mentioned from Joker. The worst part about mental illness is people thinking you're not. Sounds a little deep, but it really isn't. Men, women, and blackbirds are one. Yeah, it's it's really weird. And this is funny actually because we went to poetry out loud, which is like um, it's like a competition for poems. They recite poems. And it, it's like, yeah, you, you just, it's just a competition. And uh, one of our friends, she made it to 
um, in the Dragon Club, she made it to the, like, she made it past the school level, and we went to the trip to, I think, for the regional level to support her, and one of the girls in the competition, she was reading this poem, Blackbird, and it literally starts with one, and then, like, a stanza, two, and a stanza, and it goes all the way up to 13, and the way she was reading it, like, the way she was doing it, no offense to her, but it was so boring. Like, she dragged it out way too long, longer than necessary, and she was reading, like, at a snail pace, and we didn't know how long it was going to get up to, so it got to four, and it was, like, we were, like, five minutes in, and it got to four. And everyone and, was asleep? Yeah, people were asleep, and some of us were trying to suppress, to, like, suppress our laughter, because that's when she said, a man and a woman and a black bird. Oh, she one. was the one that wrote it. Yeah. I thought it was something you went in class. <laughs> no, it it wasn't it wasn't um it wasn't my friend that went to the Oh she was just reading it out loud. No, it was a different girl in the competition. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she, she was reading that poem and it was just so boring. And then um like even our teacher was laughing and like she, she's supposed to be the teacher, like she's not supposed to be laughing at this competition. Like she almost had to leave the room just to, like, have to make a scene. Lady, you're being disrespectful. Yeah, exactly. Please step out. Exactly. And then she got to like ten and we were like, Oh my god, how long does this go on? Does this go up to like twenty or something? And finally she stopped at thirteen and we were like, Oh thank God. But it was just so boring. And she ended up winning the entire competition. No way. Yeah. Like super surprising. She ended up winning the entire Oh my thing. god. Yeah. Sometimes again, people pull things out of places that I don't know where they're pulling it from, <laughs> I know. and some people love it. Yeah, it's like all right. Sometimes you see like a splatter on the wall. It's like the splatter represents the the, the French Revolution. Uh, the the streams, each stream is a stream in the ocean. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, it's, it's it's a splatter. Exactly. Overanalyzing. Things. Yeah, I, I I there was one poem two years ago. Again, missed. Shout out to missed. They should be watching. I told you guys to watch. Um, missed. Uh, there was a, the winner. She actually read. So the winner of spoken word always w- reads their poem at the end. So she read it, and she hers was very melodious. So she incorporated the event, and she kept talking about the the the, the, the uh, political crises going on, the humanitarian issues that were going on, and it was just outstanding. And then. Like, my, my, my teacher was recorded. She's like, I've never heard a better poem. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was good. So I think everybody has their style. Yeah. You have a great style. You write very well. Thank you. I will not, I'm, I'm going to now steal your um, poem and publish them for myself and make money. $1,000, t- $2,000, $3,000. Good money. Wow. Six figures a year now. Six figures a year. <laughs> um, but there is something you touched upon. And uh, what time is it, by the way? It is seven forty-nine. We are good. We are good at this. Yeah. Um. So I guess we'll, we'll because we have halakha eight, and I hope to maybe end it by then. Um. We'll go into this concept of you said you mentioned insecurity. You don't want to read because you're insecure, and you've mentioned to me on the side as well yeah. this aspect of insecurity that you have felt. Everybody feels it, but I feel yeah. like it's 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 our duty, if not our right. Actually, it's our right, if not our duty, to discuss it. Our mental health in general, depression, yes. this and stuff. So I'll give you the floor, and maybe I'll add it, inshallah. All right. So the one, the biggest insecurity that I had, like, so I started poetry in ninth grade, but I didn't join the club until the following year, and I could have joined the same year, but I just decided not to. And part of my insecurity was how other people are going to receive my words, like how other people are going to 
think of it, how other people are going to look at it. Am I a good writer? Am I a bad writer? And like a lot of people have told me that I'm a good writer and like alhamdulillah, like I think I am. Like I don't have that insecurity anymore. But I still feel like, I feel like everybody goes through this no matter what you're doing. Like it could be writing. It could be like if you're reading Quran and you're insecure about your voice. It could be like your sports, if you're doing sports and maybe you're not as athletically talented as other people. You're like really insecure about that. And I feel like the insecurities surrounding that actually stop you from performing at your best, actually stop you from like, especially in athleticism, because I've dealt with this too, where at some point in my life, I didn't feel like I was as athletically talented as other people. And just because I had that thought, it actually stopped me from like, doing good in whatever sport I was playing at the time. So it's like when, when you get rid of the insecurity surrounding whatever it is you're doing, you start to really shine in that and you start to like, you just overall improve and there's more room for capacity. Now, I still feel like there's still anxiety with the performance part. If there's not like the anxiety with like what you're actually doing and how other people are going to receive it, it's like, it's more of like, reading in front of other people right because with me like right now like i'm past the stage where like i'm kind of like i don't want to put my poetry out there right but props to you for that yeah thank you but um i still like no matter how many times i read my poems in front of a group of people i still feel like the butterflies in my stomach like my heart starts to race sometimes my voice cracks and like i still feel that and that's something that i'm trying to overcome but I don't think that'll ever go away. I think it's just like a matter of embracing it and just like getting used to performing in front of other people. Now, if it's like, for me, it's different because if it's someone that like, if, or if it's like a group of people that I'm like buddy tight with, right? We're like, I've never heard that term before. Buddy tight. <laughs> okay. Okay. Can I just invent something new. Do you, oh, is that not a term? I don't think so. I don't know. It just came to my head. Uh, make the add that to the dictionary. Hashtag buddy, buddy tight. tight. <laughs> I mean, I'm a buddy tight. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like if it's like someone like that I'm really close with, like you, or like just a group of friends in school or anything like that, then I'll feel pretty comfortable. But if it's just like me standing in front of a class performing, then I'll, that's when my heart starts to race. And I think um, it's just about it's just a matter of like embracing that. And I think a lot of people have that insecurity, especially with like performance things like perf- like things that rely heavily on the way you perform them no i agree um i think the biggest if not and i'm not no i'm not a psychologist psychiatrist right i think one of the biggest issues that holds people back from and like you said fulfilling their potential fulfilling their potential or achieving their goals or getting to the places they want to be is insecurity itself yeah i think it <clears throat> is Especially among teenagers, everywhere. Yes, that's females in, in, in females in terms of looks, males in, te- yeah. in terms of looks, just in everywhere and everything that they do, there's a, a stigma of insecurity. Yeah, and I think sometimes it stems from this innate part of that bridging that gap, and sometimes there's also societal pressures yeah. where there's there's an uh, there's what is considered good, and even on a performance level, like you said. So when your friends, you know that your friends are not going to judge you or hold you to a standard of someone else. With everybody else, there's a standard you have to achieve. And that's killing you on the inside and forcing you to feel that insecurity. Yeah. And I think to move, and and I'll ask you this question before I touch up on it. What is it that you think helps someone push past it? 
Um, that's very hard to say. For me, it was just like kind of understanding that like I would never get better if I don't like do this if I don't just like put myself out there because when I first started like I knew nothing about poetry like I didn't know rhyme schemes like I was just putting in rhymes for the hell of it right like um, and yeah it's it is a good poem I won't say that it's not but it's definitely not like my best writing and I guess it was just surrounding myself in the environment that helped me grow and learn more about it and I will say that there's still a lot that I need to learn like I'm not an expert in rhyme schemes or tone or balance or anything like that I just kind of like when I'm writing I just kind of write and I know what sounds good and what doesn't I know what to look for and that comes through my experience in simply just writing but there is still a lot that I need to learn there there are definitely like there are definitely more things that I could touch upon I could improve my figurative language I can improve my flow there are things there are many things you can improve and I think that's for everything that you do you know like for example you're doing this podcast like there there are a lot <laughs> say this in my face say this in my face. no we, he, no he, I'll, you, I'll, to fairness to him we've discussed yeah. and I, I appreciate anybody's feedback yeah. so if you have feedback leave it in the comments like I, it's all constructive yeah, like, yeah. there's no yeah, yeah as long as it's constructive I don't care yeah no but like in terms of like there's like there's a lot of room for improvement right like mm-hmm. maybe in the future you'll have like a backdrop uh, why do you have to spoil <laughs> things <laughs> What? what do you have to spoil things <laughs> i was about to say don't bunch of things come on man <laughs> that will maybe back so this week inshallah this thing's coming that'll make it set up a little yeah. easier maybe look a little look maybe look a little more professional exactly. thank you but like that all comes with time like as you do more of these like you'll definitely get better you'll have better gear and it's the same thing with writing as you just keep doing it you'll you'll have better words I, no, I agree, and I think yeah. going back to and you're still talking about Instagram. I'm not saying you're not talking about, but I think one of the, progress is not necessarily insecurity, right? Exactly. Knowing that you need to progress and there's still plenty room for improvement, room for improvement. I think that's where the the the, the line is yeah. between insecurity and yeah. goals. And I think there's a healthy balance of insecurity too, like. I think it's good to care about how you look or how you act or like what kind of friend group you're in, right? But there's like a certain extent where you're just like kind of stopping yourself from actually like doing anything just because you're but insecure. But I also think the reason is there as well. If you're insecure because societal pressures, you want to impress your friends, you want to impress someone or yeah. something, I think that's not yeah. good. But if you impress, it's for yourself. A, yeah. I'll give a personal story for example, right? Um, going into private school I've been, I've been in my school for six years now um and going in i was a little lighter skin than most so it's an arabic school it's like eh, they're not dark but it's just like i'm lighter skinned and i and, yeah. I, and I so I, for the no, first like that's actually a thing though like that like the it's like i like that's still a thing that's present where like people are kind of judging like the color of your skin or like how racism man right Ra- yeah, right yeah, racism like, racism is a disease exactly. So and it's um, present everywhere, and that's what's it's about. it's it's everywhere in our politics in our state. It's it's a disease. Yeah. If you are racist, please leave. <laughs> um. So I walked in and I came in the first couple. Of, so I was I was labeled Turkish Ahmed, right? That was my name, and um, I, I, I there's nothing wrong with Turkish people. That wasn't my yeah. issue with it. I'm just not Turkish. I'm Palestinian. Yeah. Um. So that was a constant thing for two years. And after, and I would say, from at least my perspective, after I jumped that gap of dealing, learning that I am who I am, I don't care about what other people think. Yeah. It's not going to bother me. 
I didn't necessarily do too much about it. I wasn't like, I was trying to hide it right now. You can't hide my skin color. Um, but, it's, it, it, but um, me just getting past that, that the, the forces that made me feel bad was what led me to progress. I think that's what needs people need to progress. If you're out there, and to you, to me, to anybody, if you're out there and you're struggling with insecurity, you're struggling with things like this, know that it's a battle, but it's a battle that you could win. Yeah. And I think we both can agree to this exactly. as well. And I feel like, um, especially when it comes to like your your mood, your state of depression, I feel like sometimes it's not like as clear and cut as like I have depression, I need help. It's more of like, because sometimes it's not even like your fault that you're depressed. There's just things going on around you, and you just don't like the state of your life. And to that, I'd say that even though in the moment you can tell yourself that it'll get better. Don't dismiss your feelings. Don't like a lot of people, and I've struggled with this too, where I'll just tell myself like, it'll get better and I'll try to move past it. And as a result, it actually becomes worse. But instead think of yourself, think to yourself, how can I make this better? Instead of like, oh, it'll get better because things won't magically just like. I, I, I agree, I agree. Yeah. I think um, life, emotionally, physically, mentally is a step-by-step. Yeah. Everybody looks at this whole like, I have to be here, and I do this even for this podcast. Right? I was like, I'm here. I have to be here. Exactly. But you, it's I'm here. I have to go to this, and then this, and this. It's yeah. small. You know, that's is. the biggest problem I have. Like, alhamdulillah, right now, like I'm not really insecure about too much. But the biggest problem that I have is where I am and where I want to be. Like when I started photography, like that camera, you know, like the camera that I just showed you. I spent like weeks searching for like the right camera for me the one what are you exactly. gonna say you better That's you better search that one for your wife exactly right no but i always try to find like the best of absolute everything and even though i know it's impossible i know like i have to get the best everything like if i'm buying a backpack i have to get the best backpack it has to be waterproof it has to be able to walk through a volcano and come out alive with everything inside perfectly and that's just not it so eventually like i have to tell myself like no this is it i have to just choose something and get it and be happy with it and i and i've learned that even from this podcast right i have these two mice one was free one was not this stuff and it, it's working, right? Yeah. And I, I came into this. Why, why this podcast took long, so long? It's been an idea for over a year, right? And as mentioned in the first episode. Yeah. Um, but it's like it took me so long because I was like, it has to be perfect. Exactly. I'm not starting until I have two high-quality mics, a camera, a laptop. That, a studio. A, a like, studio, <laughs> a backdrop. Everything exactly. is going to look fancy-schmancy. That mentality is what stops you from actually starting. Because mm-hmm. then you're just like kind of like sitting down, doing nothing, with your hands tied behind your back, and you're just like, "Oh, I'm still waiting for this and this and that." And it's really like just getting started, step by step, step yeah, by step, exactly. step by step. And I think that's life. And I think whether it be insecurity, poetry, yeah. writing, physical, whatever it is, also it's, it's do a- something that like. If, if you're really feeling like insecure or like down, do something that makes you feel better. Like find a hobby, find a passion, a passion project. The passion project. Exactly. <laughs> and I guess, no, we're going to use that. Name we're, drop. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to use that, okay? So I'm a, we're, 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 we have Halakha, so we're running down on time. Yeah, and oh, we're, it's like right now. Yeah, we're going to touch up on this topic, inshallah, maybe in a different episode with, or with you yeah. or someone else, inshallah. We're not going to leave it, it's an important topic. But um, he mentioned the passion project. So thank you for watching the Passion Project podcast. Be sure to follow our social media at T Passion Project on Instagram, um, the Passion Project on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. We are on iTunes. Um, my Twitch, Sucker Punch, 
my Instagram, Sub the Punch. Everybody that hears it. So uh, people wanted to make the name the name of the podcast, Suck the Punch. Maybe a future idea. I don't know. Opinions down in the comments. Okay. I don't know. Um but um follow those. Be sure to share. It could be like an after podcast podcast, like the after party. The fight club, the fight, the fight, the fight club afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, be sure to share. Be sure to give props to Amir if you ever see him for a great episode. Thank you for coming, Amir. Um, let Amir get the views that he deserves. Let everybody see his passion and what he's passionate about. He deserves that. And thank you all for watching. We are out. Peace.